why well, just a great to see you guys again tonight and uh i just uh, i enjoyed this time together and i i just pray it's a blessing for you as well uh the last uh uh, a couple of times I picked a, a description of God uh, that I, I thought was important. Uh, we talked about God's generosity. And then we also talked about uh, uh, that we have a jealous God. And I hope it's more than just, a, you know, describing God. I, I hope it's, uh, I, I have a belief that uh, what we think about God affects what we say and do, our behavior, our relationships, our work. And uh, so I want to make sure that uh, it's not just a head knowledge thing about God, but it's a relationship knowledge that says, if this is who God is, this is how I want to relate to him. And this is how I want, how it should affect my, my, my relationship with the world that he has made as well. And uh, so uh, what I wanted to talk about today is... Um, that we have a God who is, um, uh, that he is three in one and one in three. We're going to talk a little bit about the Trinity tonight. And uh, that, that God is, uh, that God is Father and Son and Holy Spirit. And that is a great mystery. I'm not going to try to explain that <laughs> in the 20 minutes or so that I have, because I can't. Uh, it is a, an awesome mystery that Father, Son, and Holy Spirit uh, seem to have, uh, there are times when they're spoken of separately, and then they are described as being the one God as well. And uh, it is just part of how we tell the story of God. He is these three, and he is also one. And... Uh, that has tremendous applications for how we live our lives and how we relate to this God. And so I, I'd like to uh, talk about those. Uh, there is a scripture uh, that I want to emphasize that uh, even Jesus himself describes this trinity. Uh, these three uh, working under the one name of God. And uh, Alan, you, you want to choose somebody to, to read this for us? Those are pretty big words, but you know, I think Julian can read those words. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, of the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. Wow, well, that's, that's pretty you. good. <laughs> Thank you, Julian. Yeah, that's a, that, was, that was great. And uh, here, Jesus, who has been raised from the dead, who is confirmed to be everything he said he was, uh, that he was the father's son, and that even more than that, he was, he, he, he is the I am. Uh, he is God himself, who has been made flesh, as John describes, He's made flesh and lives among us, and that he also promised his disciples that he would send his spirit after he left this earth. Uh, he would send his spirit to come and be uh, with the disciples. And so uh, Jesus, uh, even in his earthly ministry, was teaching about the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. 
And I'm sure it was somewhat confusing for those early disciples since they hadn't heard anything like that before. And it's still kind of confusing to us what that relationship is. But I think there's some real power behind it when we take, when we learn to interact with God as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And so uh, what are some of the implications of knowing that God is a is Trinity? He is three people in one and one person in three. Uh, what are the implications of that? Uh, the first one is, uh, I think that God's plan has been eternally consistent. Uh, he's had a, an amazing plan from start to finish. And uh, I think sometimes we think, well, there's an Old Testament God and a New Testament God. That just simply isn't true. There's always been one God. And there's always been one Son and one spirit they have always worked together uh to according uh, from creation all the way through until the end of time and beyond they will always be working together uh, we see that in, in the book of ephesians uh bring up uh, ephesians chapter one it's verses four through six uh, again somebody want to read this for us would be great uh, Lillian, do you want to give that a shot? For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love, he pre pre predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will. In, in, with, his with his pleasure and will to the praise of his glorious grace, which he has freely given us in the one he loves. Hey, from the beginning, even before we were, even before we were born, even before people were made in the first place, God had a design for his creation that it would all be centered around his son and that everything would come uh, together. Heaven and earth itself would come together in his son. And, and this was, I love the language here in Ephesians chapter 1, this was done according to his pleasure. It was God's joy to make all this happen for his son. Now, I don't read the spirit in this one, but just a few verses later, uh, we see uh, him including uh, the Holy Spirit in this plan. Again, someone want to read, this is Ephesians chapter 1, same chapter, starting in verse 13. Uh, uh, Anthony, why don't you take that one? And you also were included in Christ when you heard the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation. When you believed, you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is deposit, guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of his glory. Okay, so the plan is centered around his uh, the God. The Father has made his plan to center all things around his Son, and those who are now part of his possession have been sealed with his Spirit. And so the whole the whole Godhead, the whole everything who God is, is working toward this uh, is working toward this unity of creation through his Son. 
And we who believe in Jesus are at the center of that. Designed by the pleasure of the Father to be brought into Jesus the Son, to be sealed with the Holy Spirit. Everything about God is working toward our redemption. I think that's amazing. Uh, that, that he would invest everything about himself into us. And, and so all these three are working together, yes, for his glory, but for our redemption. Uh, what an amazing uh, gift that is. So I want you to see, uh, Ephesians talks about it. Uh, you can, I, I didn't bring up all the verses. Uh, John talks about in the beginning was the word. The word was with God. He's talking about Jesus, the son here. The word was God, and in him was life, and that light was the life of, of, of people. So, it, again, from the very beginning, uh, that the Father had a plan for the Son to bring life. Everything has been working, uh, everything has been working in God to, to, to move toward our redemption. Again, just amazing for me to ponder to think about, that's how valuable we are to him. Uh, the other implication about God as being three and one and one and three is that I have a, I, I know of God's presence completely surrounding me. He is above, he is right beside, and he is even within who I am as his disciple. Uh, I, I think, I mean, it's normal for me to think God is above, uh, that he is way up in heaven. That's where his throne is, and, and that is where his perfection is. But it, he's, he doesn't just stay up there. He is a God who moves, who comes down to be with us and to be beside us, and even then comes a step closer to be within us. I mean, listen to some of these verses. Uh, James chapter one talks about this father. Uh, every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the father of the heavenly lights, uh, who does not change like shifting shadows. The father so graciously gives to his children. Oh, that's just beautiful. And he gives us uh, what, what is a, what is good and what is perfect. Uh, somebody else, Alan, read this uh, about the sun and who the sun is. How about Amy? Okay. Uh, I just uh, 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 read the Chinese, okay? Yeah, Chinese, uh, Dala. Okay. Okay. I, I want to try the English, okay? Okay, go ahead. Okay, for this uh, reason, he had to be made like them, fully human in very way, in order that he might become um, merciful and faithful, high peace in service to God. 
and that he might make atonement for for the sins of the people. Hebrew two seventeen. Oh, very good. Yeah, thank, thank you. you. We appreciate that. Uh, and again, uh, one of the most awesome passages in the New Testament, where Jesus, who is the, the, the Son of God, he is at the throne of God, he is God himself, decides that I want to be helpful to them. And to make atonement for us, he becomes fully human in every way. So he is, he is beside us. He is present with us. Uh, so we have a God who is above. We have a God who is beside and, and then in John 14, uh, Jesus says, I'm going to ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever, the spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. Ah, again, the spirit is going to come and be within. So to understand God as three people is to understand he is everywhere surrounding me. And again, not just that he's everywhere, but he is everywhere in order to bless us and to redeem us. Again, phenomenal what God does. And then finally, the last lesson for tonight, and there's so many more we could talk about of God as Father, Son, and Spirit, is that uh, we in our relationships, we should love each other as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit love each other. Uh, we see that in, in, in Jesus's prayer in John 17. Uh, somebody else want to read that, Alan? Uh, John, uh, how about you? <clears throat> okay. I have given them the glory that you have given me, that they may be one as we are one, I in them and you in me so that they may be brought to complete unity. Then the world will know that you sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. Okay, so Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, what holds them together? Perfect love. And now what he calls us to do and what he prays for us here, that's Jesus's prayer uh, to, to God, is that we would have the same love for one another that the Father has for the Son. That that the that what whatever love is found among that three in one is the same love that would be found in us. Uh, again, uh, th this is not just hey, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. That's a mystery. That's just a doctrine I'm supposed to believe in. Oh no, it has some powerful implications for 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 what we think about God the value that we have before God, um, the, the presence we can feel of God, and then the love that we can imitate of God as we show love to each other. That's a powerful thing that we ought to think about. This God, it, it, God is different from all of the gods in that he shares completely of himself. He holds nothing back. And God's complete revelation of who he is should inspire us to, to be confident disciples uh, because we mean so very much to him that he would 
that the Father would send his Son and his Spirit in order to bless us and to save us. I'm just going to finish that by reading Romans chapter 18. Uh, beginning in verse 15, it says, The Spirit you received does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the Spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship. And by him we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Now, if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ, if indeed we share in his sufferings, in order that we may also share in his glory. I listen to the wholeness of God working for us. We get to cry, Abba, Father. We get to be co-heirs with Christ, sharing in his sonship. And then we get to have the Spirit helping us, interceding for us, and, and, and empowering us to, 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 to suffer here in this life and then to come and share in his glory. Everything about God is working for us. Again, thank you, Alan, for letting me share tonight. I, I, I just think sometimes we, try, we think, oh, I don't want to think deep things about God. But uh, it's important to think about deep things about God because they will, you will marvel at who he is and you will be more confident about who you are as his child. Okay. I have a few comments I'd like to make. Let me get up here. And, and that is that in the book of Genesis, uh, chapter 1, I uh, said, Bereshi Elohim Hashemayim Iharitz. In the beginning, Elohim created the heavens and the earth here. The Bible says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and earth. And that Hebrew word Elohim is a plural word. Uh, because uh, uh, the Jewish uh, religion holds that there's one God. And we hold there's one God as well. And that... Uh, but they say that we believe in polytheism, that we believe uh, in more than one God. But it's just a matter of semantic because the Hebrew word in the Jewish Bible says in the beginning, Elohim, uh, it's, it's a plural term. It's not singular. It's not dual, but it's plural. So when God says that, let us make man in our image. Uh, he says, our, not us, or maybe my image, but in our image here. So that's part of the mystery of God. And uh, the Jewish people, see, are beloved by God, the chosen people. And uh, I have worked with uh, Jewish people, uh, see, a good number of uh, occasions and times. And I, uh, I studied a little bit of Hebrew, uh, Forgot almost all my Hebrew, <laughs> but um, the the Hebrew people are children of God in a very unique and special way. That's my opinion here. But uh, Lillian, just uh, FYI, uh, the difference uh, can be made to be bigger than it is. It's a matter of we like to talk about separating or want to bring together. 
So when I think about the things that we have in common, and that is belief in the same God, but that God is has a plural form that's only fully revealed in the New Testament in the form of Father, Son, Holy Spirit. But that triune God was there even in the Old Testament or the Hebrew Bible there here. And uh, Darren, uh, are, are you familiar with the dual covenant uh, theology? Um, I mean, probably so, but you'd have to say what it is, not by time. Oh, okay. Uh, I'm in a quandary about this because God does not break his promises. And God may have promised to Abraham. So what the, uh, a Jewish scholar in the early 19th century, no, early 20th century, uh, late 19th century uh, said was that Jesus indeed is the Messiah. Jesus indeed is the Christ. But he came to introduce the Father to the Gentiles because they don't know him. So Jesus did come to die for our sins, but not for us Jewish people, because we don't need to be introduced to the Father. We already know the Father like that. And, and I could see uh, a lot in that. And, and I'm sort of caught in between. Uh, most uh, evangelical Christian would disagree with me. And I'm not holding strongly to the position, but I, I, I just had this nagging idea in my, the back of my mind well, God made promises to Abraham, and God does not go back on his promise. And the Jewish people still are God's chosen people. Uh, we are grafted in as Gentiles. But uh, many evangelical Christians would disagree with me on that point. But anyway, uh, we won't belabor that point here. I want to say something else. You mentioned about how close God is to us, that God walked among us he came to be with us uh in a very small way it brings to mind uh what we've been witnessing in the world today with the ukraine and russia about uh, uh, volodymyr zelensky um he wasn't a comedian a clown who got elected for fame and fortune and as soon as things got hot he just skipped town but he was a very well-to-do, very rich person. But yet, when see the Russians invaded, he says, I'm not going anywhere. He came to be with it. And, and you see him on the front line. You see him in the trenches. You say, I'm not hiding in some secret bunker. I'm here in my office, which means if they want to shoot a missile, cruise missile right at me, here I am. He is willing to put his neck out to show I care for my people. And in a much more greater sense is our God who came to be with us. But it, it, it just makes me think that if Zelensky had left, he would have completely demoralized the people. But the people are rallied to greater faith because here's a person who's willing to put his uh, mouth How's the single? Put his money where his mouth is. Uh, I'm sorry, how's it go? Put his money where his mouth is. I was gonna say put his foot where his mouth is. I was, wait, that's <laughs> that's not how it goes. Put his money where his mouth is, and that's right. And that is that uh he's willing to to die for a cause that's righteous and just. 
And that shows our kind of God he is. God who really cares for us and will lay his life down the line. So 